Welcome to Tarty to the Party, a podcast where Bill Mudrin and I, Daniel Rudis, fill our pop culture hurls in the media we've missed in the past. <laughs> I'm bumbling around while you're trying to do the intro. So, welcome to Next Sunday AD. So, Bill, how have you never seen Mystery Science Theater 3000 before? I'd never even heard about it until you started talking about it last week. Yeah? And I was like, what's a mystic theory key? Hmm. Like, this is we are kind of bending the rules a little bit this week because you are bending the rules. I told you no, <laughs> minimum of six times. I know, but and I then we were to. recording, and you're like, no, I want to do it. I well, this is one of my big media blind spots. Is that despite? Oh, I'm sorry. Is this Boy Howdy? Is this what? That's that's a cameo sound effect from Boy Howdy podcast. <laughs> Uh, no, um, despite being a huge, huge, huge Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan, uh, I just never got around to seeing much of the sci-fi years of, the sci-fi channel years of Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is essentially the Pearl Forrester years, mm-hmm. and so I thought I could try to fix that. Again, it's something I've seen before. I've seen a ton of Mystery Science Theater 3000. I just did not see, like, the last three seasons, so I picked five episodes to, as, as a taster. Mm-hmm. And and then so if, yeah. if you have are, have been listening to the podcast wondering, I wonder what Daniel sounds like when he's super salty and annoyed at Bill. <laughs> you're gonna get to find out on this episode. Bill, how many notes do I take? You do lots. How well, many <laughs> notes do I have for Mystery Science Theory Three Thousand? You have a list of episodes in one note saying "fuck Bill." <laughs> You're basically is, in charge of this to keep the to get this. Yeah, because well, I took hour. a ton of notes. Um, well, what we usually do, um, we rarely just have just like a like a like a casual organic conversation. We usually sit down. You break down what happens in the thing that we're talking about, mm-hmm. and then we just comment. Or that. you watch like thirty episodes of something instead of five. Yeah, well, where, like the where. It I actually just, evens out to like half an hour of I just the characters. There was, I was hoping there might be a Pearl Forrester supercut on YouTube that just like takes all the host segments and mashes them together. Because five episodes. Why did you? Of, why do you? Okay. Five episodes of MST Three K equals ten hours, I can, which I could have easily watched all the host segments in ten hours. I can, I can understand why you picked two of them. Yeah. Why did you pick the episodes you picked? Did you just randomly select them? Well, okay, them? so the first one... Okay, here's our episode breakdown. Uh, 801, uh, for first episode of uh, Season 8. Revenge of the Creature. Well, that's the first episode of the of the Pearl Forrester mm-hmm. years. Yeah, Not the first episode that Pearl Forrester one, showed up that's on. That's one but, of the ones I understand why you picked. Um, and, of course, the last one is 1013, which is the last yeah, episode of the show. I understand why you picked that uh, one. The next to last episode is Soul Taker, uh, 10,001. 10, Okay. Episode number 1001, um, because that's the... I had no idea Joel came back for a cameo in one episode, so I had to choose that one. Mm-hmm. And the other two episodes are 813, Jack Frost, uh, because I heard supposedly that's one of the few actually not completely terrible movies they ever did on Mr. Sam's Theater 3000. Mm-hmm. It's one of those Russian-Finnish, like, big fantasy movies. Yeah. Uh, kind of like The Magic Sword and a couple other movies they did, which actually at least look cool. The movies are kind of indecipherable weird fairy tale bullshit but at least there's some production values in it and so i chose that and uh the final sacrifice because roused hour yeah. i just know people love roused hour mm-hmm. and i had actually caught like a g- brief glimpse of this uh during the 2013 
Turkey Day Marathon on YouTube, and I was like, you know what, I want to go see that, because I like that Roz Dower character. And so that's why I chose the four, or the five episodes that we were talking so, about. Today. So let it be known before we go further, I am... A, you were against this. Well, yes, I was yeah. against this. As I... People heard if they listened to other episodes. <laughs> uh, but I am... If you're a huge, huge, huge Science of the Earth 3000 fan, I'm an extra huge because I've actually seen all the episodes. I'm not like, eh, I can't watch it if, if Forrester's not on it. Me. Hey, my family, we didn't have the sci-fi network, so I didn't even I didn't have even the ha- option. I didn't even have cable. It's not like I was on strike because Pearl Forrester replaced Dr. Forrester. I didn't have cable. Um, yeah, but I've heard you be like... Well, so how did you end up watching all these episodes if you didn't have cable? I eventually got like... Just DVDs and then on the internet and whatnot. Do you have? Do you have you bought a lot of the DVDs? Like, do you have them in the collection? I would rent them because a video store near okay, me has. Because I have a couple of them, but they're like crazy expensive. Yeah. Uh, which I'm kind of. This is actually a timely episode too because um, we decided that I, I browbeat Daniel we into letting me do. We decided nothing. <laughs> I ran rushed over Daniel about wanting to do a Mystery Science Theater episode two weeks ago, uh, right before. Literally, I told you no six times, at least. (laughs) I was like, please, please, let me. No, you never said please. You just said since then. I'm doing it. Since we, since you, since you, since you didn't physically stop me from doing this, Joel Hodgson, the creator of Mystery Science Theater three thousand, has since actually um, announced a Kickstarter to bring the show back. So it's extra time. Like, oh, I wanted to do this because this would be the episode that airs the day before uh, Turkey Day, before Thanksgiving, which is, I think that's, I think Thanksgiving Day is the day that thinks, uh, that Mystery Science Theater first debuted. That's when they always had their Turkey Day marathons. So I just thought it was a fitting thing. And it just happens to be this year is also they're trying to bring back Mystery Science Theater while we're also talking about it. It's a perfect, okay. So Kunit Matata, it's Circle of Life. All right, you're in charge. I it was a good idea. So okay, so yeah. Uh, so again, it was uh, the, not, I'm, the, it doesn't fit this podcast, <laughs> but okay. Well, it doesn't fit. We can talk about mystery science theater on a broader scale. It's just we don't have necessarily, you know, bit by bit to talk about because you know mystery science theater is well, not that we've story seen oriented. mystery science theater three thousand. Um, it's not a new experience. So yeah, we talk about. So this is going to be about Revenge of the Creature, Jack Frost, the San, uh, Final Sacrifice, Soul Taker, and Diabolic, which is, I I pronounce as Diabolique. Um, but, okay, so starting, uh, starting off with, uh, episode 801, Revenge of the Creature. What's your, what's your history with Mystery Science Theater 3000 in general? Uh, were you watching uh, it was first airing back in the day, or were you catching up? I was in, there? I was in, at Cal State Long Beach, and I was stumbling through the, like, lounge area, um, one morning, and I turned on the TV, and Mystery Science Theater 3000 was on, and it was the Time Chasers episode, and I found oh, it God. hilarious, and I would... I watched it any time it was on while I was What down era there. of the show was that? Time Chasers. Time Chasers was Joel, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and it was hilarious. And I think the next one I saw was Overdrawn at the Memory Bank. <laughs> what? Um, do I've, not know th- I've seen what as, the fuck? if it's Joel, I've seen them all. But they all kind of blend together. Overdrawn at the Memory Bank is the one with Raul Julier. I may have missed that. I'm one. downgrading you to Mystery Science Theater <laughs> 3000 Watcher. I got like a over, observer. Overdrawn at the Memory Bank sounds like a fucking like Futurama cartoon. God, oh my gosh, Bill! Wow, wow, wow! That really is a Raul Julia thing. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I was making it up. Is it's... that Mike Years? <laughs> See, that's the thing. I haven't seen all the Mike episodes. No. I was sleepy at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh well, that's a pearl. Well, that's this is the science science. This is a sci-fi network era. 
uh, episode. So of course I would have missed this because I've only now I've only seen five of these uh, Pearl Forrester episodes. Oh. Um, okay. Uh, and I just started like watching any chance I got after that. And, okay. Like if I saw it at a video store, I rent it and copy it when I got at home, and I just kept growing from there. And okay. eventually, they like all wound up on YouTube, and I wound up sitting through like I... all of them. It wasn't until oh, actually just even months. last night, um, one of our listeners, Jonathan T, he asked me um, for he had never heard of Mystery Science. Well, he had heard of Mystery Science Theater three uh, thousand before, but he had never seen it, and so he was asking for uh, recommendations. And so I was just looking up clips on YouTube, and I didn't realize, yeah, most Mystery Science Theater three thousand episodes are now on YouTube. Yeah, um, or at least like two thirds of them. Like, which granted, they produce like two hundred shows, so that's like a good like one hundred and fifty episodes of Mystery Science Theater out there. Um, man, my math is terrible. Um, but yeah, they're all on there, and actually, there's a lot actually been uploaded by the official Misty channel too, which I'm really surprised. Well, they used to like um, say circulate the tapes back when they were. Well, I wonder if that means they've actually actually flat out bought the rights to some of those movies on per- per- perpetuity. Because if they're Probably, putting them, them up on YouTube, now that they're selling them through rifftracks. Riff yeah, and yeah, that's really interesting. I guess yeah, I don't know. Uh, so anyway, uh, so uh, with uh, my history of Mystery Science Theater three thousand was um, my family back in Pittsburgh. They were one of the first families who had access to the Ha Channel. Or what was it? There was hot before Comedy Central. There was the Hot Channel, and like I think it was like the Laugh Factory, or just the comedy. Maybe not the comedy before it was. Oh no, it was the, it was the Comedy Channel. It was the Comedy Channel before it turned into Comedy Central. Ha That's what and it was. Comedy Channel uh, merged into yeah. Comedy Central. And we had I can't remember if it was the Comedy Channel or Hot, but we had access to one of those channels. Whatever Mystery Science Theater three thousand debuted on before. Going on to the the, the the History Channel. Or not the History Channel. The Comedy Channel. <laughs> yeah, the, Comedy Central. The oh, my channel. God. Little blood sugar. Um, so, I remember... Well, technically, it debuted on KTV, a small, like, yeah. public access TV station in, in, in Minneapolis. But in terms of, like, kind of, like, vague national distribution... Yeah, so I actually got to see... The first season with uh, with uh, Dr. Earhart, mm. the guy who preceded uh, TV's Frank. Yeah. And when I first watched uh, like my first handful of Mr. Science Theater episodes, it was Tom Servo with the wrong voice. <laughs> and uh, so I was pretty much with Mr. Science Theater uh, from the beginning. And I still... <laughs> and... Uh, so I watched all the Joel stuff. I watched a lot of the Mike stuff, but it was one of those things I like. I didn't dislike Mike, but I had already seen so much Mystery Science Theater three thousand that I kind of wandered away from it after like four or five years. Yeah, and um, and I did catch on. I kept up with the Mike stuff like off and on enough to that I actually watched the last Mike episode air on Comedy Central before they left for the Sci Fi Network. So I got to see that. Mm. And but like I said, my uh, my family the. They never had the cable plan that had the Sci-Fi Network, so I know was was never able to ca- uh, catch up. But I saw a couple clips here and there where I was like, "Well, there's like some Planet of the Apes shit now. It's Pearl Forrester completely replaced Doctor Forrester." I was like, "Man, this doesn't sound quite as good." And so I never really felt like catching up, but now I did because I'm like, "Man, I'm getting old. There's no reason not to go back and enjoy some of that old Mystery Science Theater." I'm again. shocked that you had like a prerequisite quality in your brain that was completely wrong. You just saw something and said, that doesn't look hey, as good. And I, what? You were completely wrong. At least despite the fact that I love Joel and the Joel era of Mystery Science Theater 3000 was my favorite, 
I never begrudged Mike taking over the role. I was never one of those fans who was like, fuck Joel, I lo-, or fuck Mike, I love Joel. Not so much that, but you did begrudge the guy that took over Crow. Oh, he's, he, he does good. He does yeah, he's good. good. He's good. He's not great. He's as good as... He's about the, as good as you can expect. As the other guy. <laughs> yes. No, yes, no, no, same no. quality. It's like, what do you think about Pearl versus Forrester? They're both they're different sides of the I, same. The funny point. thing is, I love Mary Jo Pell, the lady who plays Pearl. Uh, I mean, she was she's one of the writers on the show since the beginning. But I like Forrester better. I don't because give. A, he's know, got this pathos. I, I don't like watch. He's Mr. got more grit to him. I don't watch Mystery Science Theater three thousand for the scientists. I watch it for the I movie. Was, no, you have to. No, making fun of the movie. Don't say that if you don't grow up with TV's Frank. I did. TV's Frank was my first. TV's Frank is great. Oh my god. I mean, I'm just saying, you know Bobo, and Bobo is no TV's Frank. Bobo's fine. Bobo's fine. I'm not saying Bobo's bad. Bobo Even the overseer <laughs> is okay, but I'm just saying. Bobo is, is they are Kevin Murphy. The crown. I mean, Kevin Murphy, I, yeah, again, not bad. But no what do you mean, not bad? He's <laughs> he's freaking... He is, is... He is your correct... Uh, uh, what's his butt? Wait, what? Kevin Murphy is... Uh, no, he's, he's the right Tom Servo. Yeah. But I'm just saying. So Tom, uh, so you're like, Kevin Murphy's not bad. He's your Tom Servo. He's a great, he's the perfect Tom Servo. <laughs> but as a replacement for TV's Frank, can't hold a candle to Frank. They're, oh my God. I, I know this is, I'm not, I'm not being one of those assholes who's like saying this is an objective thing that if you like Bobo better, that's, I'm saying that's fine. But I'm just saying in my heart of hearts. The candle I hold for Mystery Science Theater is shaped like Joel and the bots and TV's Frank and Dr. Forrester. <sighs> it's fine if other people, their candles are shaped like Pearl and Bobo and Wrong Sounding Crow. One of the nice things about Cry, I did notice with the, the They fact, didn't even sound that different. Um, to, You know what? It was weird. Uh, actually, towards the even... end of the show, he, uh, the guy playing Crow actually sounds more like the Crow I know. It's yeah, almost like when you I got... when I first discovered it, and I I would bounce back and forth between I didn't because I didn't care um, about the segments. I didn't even realize Crow was voiced by different people. Yeah, I was on watching some uh, other clips from the Pearl Forrester years on YouTube last night while looking up recommendations for Jonathan. And uh, yeah, there were some clips that showed up, and I had a hard time telling for a moment what era it was because Crow sounded enough like the old Crow. And granted, yeah. it's like not the guy. It's it's they got another white guy to play Crow. It's not going to sound completely different. It's not like he has a weird accent or anything like that. Well, that's not kind of racist. Um, but you know what I mean. But it just yeah. he's just not the white guy from Minneapolis. It's not like you know. Um, uh, but it's, but it's still like there's a very the Crow's got a very specific kind of snark to him. That's the it's guy. It's the same writers, Bill. Kind of, yes. Well, no, but the performance. I'm just, I, there's a performance angle that is very important to all this stuff. Especially the when you're talking about a, a show. The performance of a puppet that's mouse Especially when you're talking about a show that is so centric to the voice acting of these characters. Granted, you can see them in the corner, but you're hearing these voices for two hours at a time. And voice changes. It's going to have an impact on, on your enjoyment of the show. I'm, um, I'm, I'm looking and listening to a person that I roll my eyes at on a that's forum. That's the thing. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't snark on too much on the 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 wrong sounding crow because technically Tom Servo is the wrong sound sounding Tom Servo because yeah. that guy took over for another guy so technically if I want to bellyache about t- wrong sounding crow I should be bellyaching about wrong wrong sounding uh, Servo too mm-hmm. even though Kevin Murphy is 
easily, <laughs> obviously the best. Um, Tom Servo. Did you see the 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 the, the video for that Kickstarter? No. Where it's a different guy playing Tom Servo. Well, that's what they were. That saying. is wrong. At this point, if they're gonna have two, if they're gonna have another generation of performers for Tom and Servo, just build new robots. Especially if they're gonna have a new Mad and a new uh, host. I mean, you could still have it if you want. Still want to have it take place on like the Saturday uh, Saturday of Love, Sa- uh, Satellite of Love. Just ex- come up with a new excuse to have a new host who built like their own new robots and stuff like that. I don't see you don't necessarily need uh, you don't need Tom and Servo and Crow. You could come up with new robots and so mm-hmm. like start a new like have the same format but like have new characters and a whole new shtick to it. Um, but yeah, I can't deal. I, 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 it, it took me 15 years to come to terms with wrong sounding crow. If they're going to start throwing wrong sounding servo sound in the wrong. mix. No, because Kevin Murphy's such a ham. You can't replace Kevin Murphy. You can't even replicate Kevin Murphy. Yeah. Also, what's Kevin Murphy now? Why can't you pay him a couple bucks? He's doing riff tracks. Is that what he's doing? Oh my God, Bill. You are the worst. You are getting downgraded to occasional mystery science theater 3000 <laughs> glancer. Uh, see, I was there early, but then everything else that I came after, I was kind of a little. Hazy, You're so though. snobby about something you know I nothing not about. Be so okay, so yeah. the the pretenders of the crown. You got Riff Tracks, you got Cinematic Titanic. Who's who? Because it's like, Cinematic Titanic is Joel's group. Did that fail? Because I don't hear about yes. that anymore. They, okay. they they toured like around the country for a while, and they stopped in like 2000. Was that mostly a live thing, like or that? was it a thing like they were selling stuff? Like, you can Riff there's tracks? some of their stuff on like Hulu. Oh, okay, you can find, yeah. but it wasn't. Yeah, because I remember hearing about that later, but like no one seemed to be a huge to fan me. of that. Some people yeah. like which is funny because the... yeah because isn't wasn't that that was like Joel and Trace Bellew, the guy who originally played Crow yeah and TV's Frank that was that was and, the one I should have been into because that jo. was yeah that was the hardcore crew which is funny because like Mike Nelson was the head writer of Mystery Science Theater three thousand the entire yeah. time was on the air so technically anything headed by Mike Nelson in terms of just like the quality of the writing that should be what you're going for not yes, that, that not, is what I not do. that I <laughs> want to pick cinematic Titanic versus Rift Tracks versus Mr. Science Theater 3000 there's room in the world for all three yeah. but it's interesting I like Joel I like Mike I prefer Mike's delivery over Joel really yeah, yeah. which Joel I can understand Joel is just always talking like this hey guys look at that thing over there that's what I kind of like about Joel because Mike is actually a performer Mike, actually yeah Mike actually energy. knows yeah. how to deliver jokes to <laughs> yeah. me yeah I could see why Joel... if, you, if you like dry wit Joel's fine I mean I find him pretty funny too because obviously because like he was yeah. my first well host. that even goes into like the quality of but... the show because during the Joel years like everything was kind of lit lit with flat stage lighting and when Joel, when Mike took over they kind of made it more dramatic yeah, I mean, think about the Sci-Fi Network years where it's much more dramatic lighting yeah. with all kinds of crazy colors and stuff. Back in the day, with Joel hosting, not only did you have the low energy of Joel, like, hey, guys, what's going on? I think that... But you also just, like, the set looked crummy. It really did look I think... like... You can, you, can, you, can, you can feel that Joel just, like, had to drive through three feet of snow, like, 6 a.m. in the morning to drive to the studio. I think studio Joel was this. the reason why I didn't care about the host segments on the show. Because oh. it'd always be like, here's a crazy invention hey, I made, guys. guys. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it was boring. Is, is the invention Dude. exchanges the stupid machines and stuff? Yeah, there were more dumb props. They had. Well, he was a prop comic before. Well, he exactly, that. and that was kind of yeah. the impetus for the whole show. And when Joel was there, they had more of the like Mystery Science Theater three thousand info club, um, and like the reader uh, mail stuff. And man, did you 
ever see the Mystery Science Theater 3000 book, The Amazing Colossal Episode Guide? No. I've got it over my bed stand. I meant to bring it over here. But that was published uh, a couple years into the Mike era, which is great because it's written by all the people who worked on the show. So the, like, the writers of the book are... Book are, are it's Mike Nelson, Mary Jo Pell, you know, Paul Conniff, all these different people. And it's just them commenting on all the different episodes and, like, talking about making of hmm. stuff. And so that's really nice to see, too. I should let you borrow it after we're done today. But um, we're not talking about the Pearl Forester years no, yet. No, I was, probably I, was, start I, that. I was trying to let you steer the ship, but you're just... Well, you, you took me <laughs> off track. I was about to I start. Took, you know, I yeah, I took you off. Do I still do I still have my Mystery Science Theater three thousand membership oh card? Oh my god! If it's not in this wallet, it's in my where is it? Oh my god! Is it not in this wallet? What did I do with it? I've got a laminated from like nineteen ninety one, uh, Mystery Science Theater. This is not important because this is radio. People can't see it anyway. That's but what true. are we talking about? Pearl Forester. Uh, I'm trying to. Okay, well. Let's, okay, 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 okay. Okay. Do I have to take the reins again? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, so episode 801, Revenge of the Creature. Uh-huh. I totally forgot the Pearl Forester had been introduced as a replacement for TV's Frank originally, and she only said it ascended to becoming the head mad after Forster. Was it Forster got turned into a star baby? Yes. I totally forgot about that. And she, you, there were episodes where she come in as a trucker, like yeah. mother to. Wasn't she kind of like a little him. bit of different? I thought. Back then, she was a little more of a kind of like an overbearing maternal mother lady with the pink glasses. Yeah. And whereas the she Pearl Forster of... in the new series is more of just like just evil. Yeah. Um, so it seems like they kind of rejiggered the character a little bit. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Forrester left. Yeah, I guess he left at the last, uh, the, 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 the end of the last uh, Comedy Central episode. And when everyone else also got turned into non corporeal space beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to kind of a 2001 riff. Yeah, because they... Which is funny, because the episode where uh, Joel left, that's a t- total 2001 riff, too. Because um, Gypsy finds out that Forrester and Frank are planning to kill Joel. And she reads their lips through a portal just No, like, they weren't planning on killing Joel. They were planning on killing they were someone do something. else. But Gypsy thought it would, they were talking about Joel. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, she whatever. She decides that she needs to get Joel off the ship. And they find an escape pod behind a bunch of... Bot- crates filled with... Was it... Humdingers? I don't remember. Fucking hilarious. I love this show. We're not half as funny as that show, but it's good. Uh, we're as funny as that show. I did like the fact that Crow's voice being different is a result of him being bored of being a non-corporeal being and coming back from the edge of reality 500 mm-hmm. years before everyone else did. So he's just stuck on the satellite of love for 500 years, nothing else to do. And his voice kind of just changed just because he was off by himself and his personality just kind of like mutated a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of surprised they, they just didn't have it so that, like, he got hit by a rock or something like that. And, like, now his head's different. He's got, like, brain damage or something like that. Nah. Yeah. That's, that's, they're, 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 they're nah. Um, <laughs> that's not so much them. Pearl Forrester smothering Dr. Forrester to death with a pillow after he regrew to adulthood before being, uh, before she was chronically frozen so she could become the Earth's ruler after the apocalypse was pretty harsh. Yeah, well, she's evil. Yeah, but I, it kind of bothers me out to think Dr. Fru- Forrester came back to Earth regrowing a normal person and still got raised by his evil mom who just choked him out just because she was tired of his bullshit. I felt yeah. bad for Dr. Forrester. Dr. Forrester, to me, compared to Joel, is like nerd gone evil. Yeah. Kind of like the, the, the kind of thing that happens when a nerd gets like shit, let, he lets shit get to him. He becomes a bad man. Whereas Joel is what happens when you're a nerd and you're mellow and you let you just make shit and you put good stuff in the world. That's why I like the, about the the Forster Joel dichotomy. 
they're two flip sides of the same coin. You lose one, and there's no dichotomy. You might as well just fucking kill yourself and blow up your TV. What the fuck is the point of living? I tried to kill myself two years after uh, Joel left the show. I couldn't handle it. It's so Even sad. though you were just a casual fan. And by killing myself, I just ate too much pudding one day. I got really <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, I do like the gist of the whole Planet of the Apes scenario that the whole sci-fi network yeah. era of the show is based around. And uh, I do like the idea, too, of that you got the mad scientist to henchmen being played by the same guys who playing the bots. Yeah. Which is kind of, that's a symmetry. I'm kind of surprised they never yeah. attempted before. Um but it is kind of strained, and it's I for to me it's not quite as far. Yeah, it's not as charming as the Doctor Force Deep Thirteen setup. Um, yeah, it doesn't help that Forrester was always more tortured and fucked up character, uh, at least more than Pearl. Uh, and Pearl's just well, kind of generically evil, chaotic. Did you just want them to have Pearl be Doctor Forrester again? Uh, no. Did you want the same I character? Kinda, I would have been fine if they almost kind came up with a whole new villain. I'm Hey, Pearl Forster, but she's a, she's a whole new villain. It's more just kind of like silly. I kind of I don't know. She's Dr. a whole new, they, but they needed it Dr. to be connected to like the past in some way. Otherwise, yeah. why would she be torturing? Doctor Forster just had pathos. Them. She don't got pathos. She's evil. You've watched what? I know. Five I, know I, know, I will watch more. This popped my chair. And she's barely in more. two of them. I know. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. As one of them, she's <laughs> in it for two seconds. <laughs> Um, You're exhausting. So, okay, so that's my comments for Revenge of the Creature, uh, episode 813, Jack Frost. Um, it is a shame that Mystery Science Theater 3000 never got around to riffing off of either the Michael Keaton comedy called Jack Frost or the 80s horror film. Did you ever see the 80s horror film Jack Frost? No. Ah, uh, I've only seen bits I've, and pieces. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces. My abiding memory is when I used to work in a video store in the early 90s, um, the Jack Frost horror movie had a lenticular cover where one version of the lenticular cover was just like a little happy picture of a snowman, but if you moved your head a little bit, it would turn into like a melting, evil, scary, like possessed snowman. Um, so Isn't whenever you hear of Jack Frost, that's what I think of. Isn't, uh, what's her butt in that, uh... Is it, what, is from Friends? No, or somebody you're like thinking that? that's from Leprechaun. From the horror movie? Yeah, she's in a tub. Shannon Elizabeth? No. Really? No, that's, that's man. If we, only we were connected to a global network, that I'd like to try and use my brains as much as possible without going to the internet. Um, uh, Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah, who's Shannon Elizabeth? She was. She was in American Pie. Yeah, she's the foreign girl in American Pie. Wow, I've never seen American Pie. She got nice titties. Yeah, yeah, that was her whole stick. Oh, we're gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but her whole shtick was she's, she's like Joel Hodgson. His got, shtick was, nice, was prop nice comedy. Boobs, yeah. yeah, that was her whole thing. Right? Man, these show more. She married. I think she's the one that married uh, Jay Moore. Who's Jay Moore? I know the name. He was on Saturday Night Live. He's a stand-up mm. comic. You youngins. Oh, now she's married Joseph Wright. Oh, wait, Joseph Wrightman's not. I might be mixing her this up with another not, redhead. Okay, I should talk about the Mr. Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Um, but yeah, no, this Jack Frost that they, uh, the, that they riff on in Mystery Science Theater 3000, like I said before, is, yeah, another crazy big Russian fa uh, Finnish fantasy flick, mm -hmm. uh, which it's funny that while watching the movie, I was like, there's this one of my favorite artists is this guy named Ivan Bilibin, B-I-L-I-B-I-N. Uh, he's, was he like Russian or something like that? He illustrated a bunch of crazy Russian folk tales back in the day fucking fantastic arts uh, artist he does he does the best like d creepy dudes on horseback at sunset stuff and i didn't realize actually a lot of the 
lot of the stuff he had illustrated was the same, like the was riffing off the same source material that's in this movie because he had actually done a lot of illustrations of like some of the characters that appear on this movie because you know it's based off a of fairy tale. It's like you know someone did like a you know, live action version of Snow White or something like that. Um, I forget what the plot is. It's a bunch of crazy shit about some girl, something betrothed to some guy or something like that. But yeah. I, um, but I, but yeah, there's not a lot to say about this one because this is the one episode where Pearl is barely in it. And it's mostly just Brain Guy and Professor Bobo sniping at each other all episode long. Which also, that's kind of boring too because like, if you don't know these characters, um, it's kind of like, huh, which is my fault because well, yeah, I know. that? Uh, but they do find you a common ground. You didn't even watch the episode where you like meet Brain Guy or the episode where, I did have to where look Mike destroys their entire planet. Yeah, I had to look at that up to see where the hell Brain Guy came from. <laughs> Like oh my god! We can stop you. We can stop. We can watch it now and just record. Yeah. <laughs> we can pick up this uh, uh, oh. podcast recording in two hours. Uh, so yeah, that was a good movie. Just not much to comment on if we're just talking about Pearl Forest. Uh, Nine ten. Yeah, it's almost like I set. told you that a couple times. That we're that's having gonna... a podcast. We're talking about Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> it's going okay. I think it's going. Cool. I'm having a good time talking about Mystery Science Theater 3000. Even though I can yeah, it would be great it. for any other podcast that's not tardy to the party. <laughs> oh my god! My only note for 910: the final sacrifice is Rousedower. Really? Good job. <laughs> oh no, no, my, I, I do have one note. Uh, episode. This one is uh, mostly notable just for Tom Server going way too far with his plans to destroy Canada after being teased by Mike and Crow for not hating on Canadians enough. That is a dark. And you moment. didn't even you didn't even comment on like the mullet disease. Oh yeah, well is that? Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that's one of the skits in there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good episode. Yeah, I it figured is... you'd talk about the skits, but you're like, eh, eh. it's okay, it's fine. You know, which the... is the whole reason. I do like. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the fact um, that they make fun of making fun of Canadians because, like, Canadian hate is like this really cheap, easy American humor thing that goes around. Not that I'm like offended by hate of Canadians, but it seems to kind of work because everyone's like, "Oh yeah, fuck Canada, maple leaves, for they like maple syrup and mooses," and. I do like they they have a couple characters like joking about that and then yeah Tom Crow takes it too far and he almost like he almost becomes like anti Canada Nazi I thought was funny it's it true good, it, it was me up. yeah good um but yeah the movie is great though the final sacrifice with Ross that guy the movie's terrible it's I I had a good time the riffing is hilarious I could see, you know the movie is and it's one of the weirder too because I forgot that Mystery Science Theater three thousand was on the air long enough that like like towards the end they were reviewing it watching a decent number of movies that were actually made within the time frame that Mystery Science Theater 3000 was on the air. I think this movie's from, from like, 1990. Mm-hmm. So, which, for Mystery Science Theater in 1999, that was a relatively recent movie, because most of the movies I ever saw them riff on were, like, you know, old 50s and 60s movies. Yeah. Um, I guess it must have been interesting, too, because on the sci- with them being on the Science Fiction Network, that's a weird way to just call it the sci-fi network. I guess they were obligated to every movie had to be some kind of science fiction thing, even though this is not very science fiction-y. Well, I guess... No, I don't think so. Um, did they do any kind of, like, just crime movies or anything? Well, no. Well, was... yeah, that that one that you did, the the last one you have on your list that isn't sci-fi at all. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because that's weird. <laughs> it's, man, I I blacked out during that movie. Well, anyway, so Rouse Hour was awesome, even though there's not much to say about Pearl on that. Uh, no, let's, let's see, 10.01, which is, dun, 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 Soul Taker, with, 
it's got the West Wing's brother in it. I don't realize yeah. that's what it was until they started making Estevez jokes. And I was like, yeah. is that, wait, is that really one of the Estevezes? Yeah, he's in... A... It's like Joe Estevez. Yeah, he's It's Martin in... Sheen's brother. I think he's in another... He's in Werewolf! Yeah, he's in another Mystery Science Theater 3000. Which I didn't recognize him in Werewolf either. Um, Even though he looks exactly like an Estevez. He, he really does. He, he looks like a, like a slightly fucked up clone of Martin Sheen. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people don't know that Martin Sheen is... Charlie Sheen's well, they people would might suspect that Charlie Sheen and Martin Sheen are, are connected. Yeah, you might. You but might Emilio Estevez. Well, a lot of people don't know that Martin Sheen's real name is like Lucius Estevez. People wouldn't expect this guy Martin Sheen is related to Charlie no, but Sheen. There's his whole media family because they have different last names. You wouldn't automatically assume that Emilio Estevez. Is no, Emilio Estevez. Yes, that yeah. is correct. Um. Man, remember there was a garbage movie starring a uh, Martin Sheen and not uh, Charlie Sheen and Estevez, and you wouldn't know that they're playing brothers, that they are brothers in real life, but they were playing best friends. I don't know. There's a whole thing anyway. Uh, cool, cool aside. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah, Joel shows up in this episode, but I had no idea that TV's Frank shows up. It was a legitimate surprise to me. Wow. Because there's a bit where so the whole movie is just about like these soul takers. Which is it? Is it confirmed in this movie that when you die? You either become a soul taker, which, like, your job is to take other people's souls and put them into magic rings, or that you end up being a victim of these people and that your soul will end up in a magic ring. Is that, is that, are they saying that happens to everybody? Or it's I just like the so. small town? If, really you, if, you, if you cause somebody else's death, you become a soul taker. That's what it is. And so the joke is that this weird soul taker guy shows up in Pearl's lab. And starts, like, fucking with her, and then, like, he doesn't say anything, so you don't know who it is. So I thought it was Joel, because, you know, Joel shows up in the episode, and this mysterious figure shows up. And I was like, well, I guess not. Who's it going to be if it's not Joel Hodgson? Yeah, it takes his hood off, and Steve's Frank, and I was so fucking happy, because I was like, but... And I was like, oh my god, how could this be? But TV's Frank died. He went to Second Banana Heaven, which, of course, that becomes the whole joke of that sketch is, like, him talking about how he left because he was getting too much shit from, like, Pat Buttrip or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was great to see him for two seconds. Yeah. And then Joel actually does show up. I it, I can't remember if they actually explain how he got back into space. He does say that he's managing, like, a fish restaurant. Yeah, and, and how he survived for, like, what, 500 years or You're whatever? something like, yeah. But it's. Oh, I, mean, I didn't even think about that, Ashley. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's it's just a show. You should probably just relax. A, I know. I do have a, note, have a note about that at the very end. Um, that was goddamn him. Yeah, Joel meeting Mike is a little awkward. Uh, the set uh, that you know the, the 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 control deck set is so small and seems not to have been designed to accommodate two actors plus the bots. So Joel and Mike are they have barely enough room to shake hands before Joel wanders away to fix a Gypsy. It is kind of weird because they're like pressed chest to chest together yeah. saying, hey, how you doing? It's funny that I'm meeting you here. Yeah. Um, but it's still nice to see them. They even make a joke about Joel not, or Mike not having to compare himself to Joel because, you know, they're riffing off of the community. Being, mm-hmm. I can't believe the Mystery Science Theater community was such an asshole. Or filled with such assholes about the Mike versus Joel stuff, which I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's almost nerds like, can be assholes as much as anyone like else. Somebody's been doing that with the robots and and I'm foresters and the foresters. I'm not like disliking them as people. So I'm just so, I so have a preference. <laughs> it's like I'm just saying it's like chocolate versus it's, strawberry ice cream. You can't do that with Mike and Joel. Every <laughs> other character in the show, though, it's fine to do that I'm with. Just saying. Crow, oh, fake sounding crow exhausting. is strawberry ice cream. I still love strawberry ice cream. Real sounding crow. I'm just saying. 
It's chocolate ice cream. It's a great analogy. <laughs> That's why I don't work at the UN. Flawless victory. Um, but oh yeah, God. so I mean, it's, it's nice to see them on camera for ten seconds. It's weird. I wonder what happened behind the scenes because I even looked it up to see what happened for Joel to suddenly show up in the show. Because I know he didn't necessarily leave on the best of terms. Not that he got in a big fight with anybody, except for uh, so Jim Mallon. He was the producer of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Um, during the Joel years, he was really into. His attitude was seems to be from interviews and stuff I've read was he was like, hey, we're working for we're well, we're all working very hard on this little Cowtown puppet show. We should try to leverage this as much as possible to get as much money for the show so we can make it worth our while what we're doing here. So he was really pushing for Mr. for MTV to try to show and Mr. Science Theater 3000 try to get a movie made, mm-hmm. trying to do all these other things. And he wasn't necessarily trying to take away from the show itself but it was just saying like I, we should like to get some licensing we should try to turn this into more of a thing if we're going to work on this we should try to turn it into the most successful thing possible and i guess joel hodgson was very much like i guess he was always kind of despite being a stand-up comedian he says he was always kind of very self-conscious about always being kind of like the main character of the show and i think he got really freaked out about the idea of this like of of jim mallon trying to turn the show into a media property that all hinged on him and so I think it sounds like the breaking point was the Mystery Science Theater 3000 movie, which wait, was Joel in that or was that a Mike project? That was a Mike project. Uh, yeah, I think he left before he didn't want to get involved with that because he just wanted to just keep the show simple and small and not like have too much pressure on him. Yeah. And so I, supposedly that's why he left the show. But he didn't like hate everybody. I mean, he still he left, you know, he didn't want to shut the show. He didn't want to take his ball and go home. So that's why he made sure that like, you know, he didn't take the copyright from Mr. Sanchez. You Peter know an awful money. lot about a show that you're tardy to, Bill. I know it's crazy. It's almost like you're not tardy to it. He, although it's weird though that Joel does own the copyright to the Gizmonic Institute, so they never mention the Gizmonic Institute again once he leaves, yeah. despite that supposedly being where um like kind of like the company that's in charge of everything. Um, so what the hell was I talking about? Fuck if I know, man. Um, <laughs> you went off on a couple. Different oh no, but streets. I was thinking about what, how, and why Joel came back. It's interesting that he did come back. It's uh, nice to see that he, you know he didn't wish the show was so so much ill will that he would refuse to come back. But I wonder if he was just in town visiting. Like his grandma, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey guys, well, it was, can I yeah. show up for an episode or what? I don't know." Well, Wait, I mean, did you know was... that TV's Frank used to be a drug addict? That doesn't surprise me. I mean, the they're comics. This is something I just heard about recently. So the whole reason, <laughs> pretty I... much all comics in the '80s were drug addicts. Well, that's a good point. Um, which is funny because, like, well, everyone on the show being from Minneapolis, you think they're all kind of like you know low key, not like really into drugs and stuff. But I guess. <laughs> TV's Frank was... Yeah, that's how everybody is in Minneapolis. I don't know. There's no drugs in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis, you kind of... I mean, not to say that it's... <laughs> Did you ever see Fargo? That's not too far off the point, that's all I'm saying. And uh, nothing bad happened in Fargo. So I guess uh, TV's Frank, Frank Conniff... Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess he he was actually in L.A. and New York and stuff like that. And he actually did get caught up in drugs and stuff. I don't know. He just says substance abuse. It could have been alcoholic or something like that. But he went to Minneapolis essentially to dry out. And while he was there, that's how he got caught up in the Mystery Science Theater 3000 thing. So he's kind of talked about how being part of Mystery Science Theater was actually kind of a healing thing for him, too. Because it gave him something to do while he was kind of like essentially out of the comedy circuit for a long time trying to like get his shit together. Which I always thought that was kind of cool. I'm glad to see uh, him being on the show actually helped him out. And he's like one of the best fucking parts of the show. <laughs> anyway, but it's nice to see those two guys come back. Um, yeah, too, too bad they couldn't get Trace Bellew to come back. <laughs> Trace Bellew, he won 
I remember seeing his name show up in the writing credits for America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah, he did. Broke that my for a while. fucking heart. Why? That was a funny show. That was a funny show, but ah, uh, it's still. I love Forrester so much. I was just saying, but this is more. Yeah, me. he should. Yeah, he shouldn't <laughs> have been working at all after he I'm, stopped doing that. I'm glad he got out of Mystery Science Theater 3000 when he did, when he was comfortable. And I'm sure he wrote some great jokes, but it's one of those things where, like, oh man, I don't know, I don't know. I'm glad. I'm sure. I'm sure. America's Funniest Home Videos paid for, you know, like a beautiful pool with <laughs> his beautiful mansion in Minneapolis. But you would have preferred to have uh, never seen him work again. <laughs> I don't just have to for it. Uh, yeah, and my, my last note for this episode is... Oh, okay, now I have two notes. I like the little bit of tonal continuity with Joel being the only one who would know how to fix the satellite of love and the bots, despite Mike being stranded on the ship for longer than Joel ever was. Yeah. Yeah, which is, that reflects the the, the personalities of the two hosts, because, you know, Joel Hodgson in real life, he's the tinkerer, and Mike Nelson definitely was not, and I do like that even within the continuity of the show, as something on the satellite of love needs to get fixed, you need to get Joel there, because Mike, Mike's a sweet guy, smart guy. Well, they also, to fix they also had the nanobots. Yeah, that's true, too. And, uh, yeah, how did Joel get into space and where is he going now? Because <laughs> he just kind of wanders away. He's got, like, a little mushroom-shaped spaceship and it never really, aside from him saying, oh, yeah, he actually extends the offer to Mike uh, that, like, he also needs a fry cook at his fish restaurant, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. I always thought if, like, you ever wanted to have a great little Mystery Science Theater cameo or something like that, you would have Joel Hodgson being the manager of your fish restaurant that the characters go to, and, like, you'd see Mike working as the fry cook in the background. That's all I'm saying. That's, That's all you're saying. He's just and saying. The, He's just saying, I'm just folks. saying. The last episode, Diabolique. Um, Pearl is enough of a fuck-up that I can believe that she would cause the end of the show by accidentally steering the satellite of love back into Earth's gravity well with a $10 joystick from Radio Shack. Which is a keep in the character. She... <laughs> You believe that she's um, enough of a fuck up to do that after watching like three episodes with her in there? Well, you know, like you know, and that, well, that's one of the nice things about Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. It's a show about a bunch of people making fun of stuff, but the sh- characters themselves making fun of stuff are all a bunch of fuck ups too. Yeah. That's one of the things that keeps Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand from being kind of like. I, I've seen a lot of people criticize people who have not really watched the show that much think it's like this condescending show by these intellectuals. But the fact that they're self-effacing and self-aware about how much of an idiot they are, like, both, like, the characters and the people playing those characters, that kind of, like, takes the tone off. So it's not just like, oh, what is this silly, stupid movie you made that we're going to make fun of for a while? It's also yeah. like, hey, we're a bunch of schmucks, too. Uh, which, that I mean, that is such a huge part of the personality of the show. That, you know, Pearl, Pearl Forrester plugs into that, too. Um... <laughs> also, that she uh, keeps the Observer from being able to help her... Uh, because she accidentally soaked his brain in Mountain Dew. She didn't accidentally. Or she, she tortured him, she yeah. She dumped Mountain Dew into his brain. <laughs> I, which, again, I didn't realize that his brain was an external thing. So, technically, that body that we're seeing is just, like, a shell uh, yeah, that's not all him. The, the, the observer is the brain. All the observers are in the brains, yeah. You missed yeah. a lot of episodes. I'm just saying, like the satellite of love itself, this episode may have been a failed experiment. <laughs> a fun failed experiment, <laughs> for at least for brain. me, but I was just saying. Uh, okay, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's easy to forget that the bots haven't been back to Earth, or haven't actually even touched, they've never been to Earth, period. And given what they've seen after 10 years of watching the worst movies ever made, they're more than justified in being scared of going back to Earth. Yeah. Uh, especially Crow's fear of uh, wild pigs. 
They have a lot of irrational fears. <laughs> Which, yeah, if you've never been to Earth and your only reference point is all these movies that have ever watched the Mystery Science Theater 3000, yeah, I can't blame anyone for saying, can't we just hang out in space forever? Let's not go there. Um, as is fitting with everything related to Pearl Forrester, <laughs> exit from the show is anticlimactic as hell. What the fuck do you have against <laughs> Mary Jo? I love Mary Jo Pelham's Forrester's just kind of you watched three episodes with her <laughs> uh, she dances with the bobo and the brain guy for a moment uh, just before pulling the plug on the satellite of love I'm kind of surprised she doesn't do anything more she really just does kind of clean out her castle and just kind of literally pulls the plug and that's it yeah well yeah, what it's a Mary were, Tyler Moore were, riff but yeah what else was she gonna do that's true I guess it is true that she's not as emotionally invested for someone who was claimed to be chasing those that crew through all of that's space all, that's all Forrester did was he unplugged the cord yeah, that's true but that was a coax cable so that was a funnier joke I hate you so much. <laughs> Such a piece of shit. I love you, Dan. <laughs> uh, I'd always heard about the last bit on the show, but I'd never seen it. Uh, very cute how Tom and Crow are arranged on the couch, the same way they were always arranged in the Satellite of Love's Theater. It's also fun to imagine the bots having to keep down minimum wage jobs in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. I love the fact that... And they that don't I, have to watch bad movies anymore, but they I still know, do. I know, it's still kind of... And, of course, they're watching The Crawling Eye, which is the first episode they ever made of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Actually, kind of like Mike's apartment. He's got a cool little apartment. Yeah. Which does... My last note is, for everything, is... Is the set of light of love salvageable? Wait, how did Mike and the bots get back to our time? Did the force of the crash punch a hole in the fabric of space-time uh, uh, continuum? Did the satellite of love chase a Borg sphere back to Earth? Was it humdingers? And, of course, that is unanswered by the phrase. Wait, just repeat to yourself. It's just a show. You should probably just relax. Probably just react for Mystery Science Theater. 3,000. Wow. But, yeah, no, Mystery Science for Theater. Having, for having a lot of notes, quote-unquote. You didn't have a lot of notes for the episodes there, Bill. <laughs> well, that's... I want the whole segments, but they're funny shows. But, like, <sighs> again... I like uh, Mystery Science Theater in any sh- way, shape, or form. It's you'll just, just complain about it's it. It's just a matter of like this. I like this a little more like the other say. But no, I like Pearl Forrester. She's fine. I don't wish her death or anything. <laughs> just saying. Um, but oh, yeah, no, Mystery Science Theater 3000. I need to watch more of that. In fact, actually, the closer we get to Turkey Day, I'll probably end up watching more episodes. And I'll probably end up watching more Pearl Forrester episodes. Yeah, there's some so, fantastic episodes. In there. Uh, over the course of the next episodes, expect more Pearl Forrester updates from me. <laughs> Just to drive you crazy. I'll just be slagging on her nonstop. Uh, well, I guess this is the episode where Bobo fell down the steps. Well, well It's just because you hate women. I wish, I wish there's no Dr. Forrester. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I know. You know, Forrester kept the pink uh, glasses. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> it's come down to that. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm trying to. Uh, people listening to our show, let us know what you think about. Especially if you, if 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 you guys have grown up watching the Joel episodes, like I had. I'm kind of curious to see what people's response to the Pearl episode, uh, Pearl, yeah, episodes of Mr. Science Theater are. Whether you well, like him, maybe people like him, dislike hope, him, don't care. Hopefully, most people aren't as judgmental as you and oh. are more like me, where I can watch any episode at any point. That's true. Except for yeah, except for heart. the original Tom Servo. Yeah, Tom Sir, that's rough. You go that, back. Those were rough. Those yeah. were rough. Those and that's even before they had like the, the kind of the basic part of the show really kind of bolted. The, have you ever seen the episodes for like? There's one or two excerpts of episodes from the KMTV era. I don't where know. Where I might have stumbled on one long like, time ago. Crow, but. 
the robot just he looks like a maniac because he's got extra buggy eyes yeah i think so and it's back when they weren't writing episodes ahead of time it really is just just three guys yeah just like on on the room yeah just off the cuff so they're just like hey look at that his shirt looks funny so now that you well i was gonna say now that you got your the stick out of your butt with these episodes but you obviously haven't (laughs) no it's fine i love pearl you should try out some riff tracks that's the next thing, which I promise not to force you to record an episode about riff tracks because that's even more. Well, that would be even. There's not even any host segments. No, there's not even any host segments. It's just going like, "Hey, that's a funny one." Kevin Murphy but, uh, you've, sang you, a song. You have been like, "Man, there's no silhouettes. We can't watch it if there's no silhouettes." So riff tracks really is you should download the. You just. It they depends. don't have the movies. No, oh, they actually the do time. offer the movies for like mainstream stuff, like say the Avengers or Lord of the Rings. Okay, they can't get the licenses to do that because it'd be millions and millions of dollars. So they just do an MP3 and then you play it along. Huh. But stuff that's like older, like say Parade and you know Parade in Balloonland or uh, yeah. the Santa Claus or meets the Easter Bunny or whatever it's called yeah that kind of stuff they can get the rights to those movies so they have the actual well, especially movie yeah the, the 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 occasional like uh rights for or like the short stuff yeah this the stuff where there's not even any copyright on that so where it's just public yeah. domain they could have that stuff yeah did you see riff tracks is actually selling a mystery science theater 3000 episodes now yes yeah they have new episodes every monday again not to say mystery science theater 3000 is the end all be all but yeah so who is is so it's mike nelson kevin murphy and someone else it's for riff tracks it's brain guy it's Brain Guy? Okay, yes. that's fine. Brain Guy's fine. Yeah. I didn't realize Brain Guy was guy, same guy playing Crow for the yes. longest time. He's that good. Yeah. I'm just saying. He's good. Everyone's yes. good. Yes, he's good. I'm just and saying. And you shit on it's him like, so much. It's like Thanksgiving dinner with your family. You love all your family. It's just love them you love more than others. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you can still put up. I'm just saying. Pearl Forrester is my aunt who I'm cool with. I don't, you know, that's like, I'm just saying. Just talk a lot of shit about her behind her back for Well, that, what else no family reason. for? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was our Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Pearl Years talk. God, I hate you. What this, I- was, this was a completely untardy <laughs> to the party episode. And this was done! We broke format once. I just wanted to experiment and <laughs> see what happens. And, uh, it you gonna try to make, I mean, think the yeah, last episode. I, I'm sure people are gonna love it because people love Mystery Science Theater 3000, but it's not the podcast. <laughs> it's con- not what I set out to have this podcast <laughs> I'm be. I'm kind of bummed that we never got to see the results of this experiment because technically, Mystery Science Theater is supposed to be an experiment that Forrester started against my uh, Joel Hodgson. That he never got to see what the results were. He never published a paper. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Wow. That's the kind of a dandic asshole I am. And, uh, oh man, next week's episode. Well, not next week's episode. Next week's episode is going to be you don't have You don't have to say what you're doing next. We'll say that on the next episode. Oh, okay. You don't have oh, to give people two, two week one. Guys, get your fucking tight pantyhose on. We're going to be singing. Oh, it's going to be a good time. My next episode. But so, yeah, okay. yeah the next I, forgot, ep- I forgot what the format of this, ep- <laughs> this podcast is. The next episode is going to be Tron. <sighs> man, so. Tron. Tron. Yeah. You haven't even even off camera. You haven't told me what your opinion about Tron is. No, so this I don't. Be... I don't tell you until I get here. I, I'm not like you. I don't go on Twitter and say, "Man, that was bullshit," or "Man, it good." Well, I save it for on here. Oh, okay. So okay, 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 okay. We will shut up and let you guys go back to living your lives, and we're gonna go back to living. We'll, we'll see if any of this salt spills onto the next episode. Hopefully not. <laughs> I had a good time. Like I said, I pretty just... much just sat here quiet as you babbled on <laughs> for an hour. Hey, hey guys, I watched the show. Here's a bunch of things I had to say about that show. Yeah, I do like Joe. Your, I like your, Mike. Your bipolar bouncing back and forth between. No, they're good. 
good, but they're not that good. I don't yes. like them. <sighs> but they're, I like them fine. <laughs> I wouldn't really? kill them, this but, really? you know, they're good. This but was no. 50 minutes of me thinking out loud to myself, Ugh. essentially, yeah. Okay, okay. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. So long. <laughs> Bye. Daniel. What? Push the button.